Insert coin to continue. Insert coin to continue. Hello. Welcome to Hold Up, a movie podcast. Uh, tonight we are getting... Look, we're breaking three films down into bits. First eight bits and then 16 bits. We're jumping down tunnels and we're spin kicking all the way down. Because tonight's theme is video games. And I am one of your hosts, Davin. And with me as always, Chris Worldwide Murphy. How's it going, Murphy? It's a me, Murphy. Ah, <laughs> that's perfect. I can't believe I didn't think of that and intro you that way. I, I'm off my game tonight. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, Hold on. We... Insert coin here. <laughs> Hi, hey, I got a couple more lives now. Got a couple one-ups. I'm ready to go. Ready to go. Well, and we have a guest let's... tonight. We do. What? Uh, I'm sorry. I was I was gonna do an intro, but if we want to skip over oh. that, we can skip over that. Do an um, intro. Well, I was gonna say it's a me, Murphy, and I'm I'm happy to uh, be talking video games with you after this uh, short hiatus that we we had. Uh, little, we've decided to extend our our, our show from bi-weekly to tri-weekly. So every three weeks you can catch us here at Hold Up as we talk about three movies. Basically a movie a week, uh, if you follow. Movie a week. Um, but yes, 52 it's movies we do, a year. We do have a guest. Um, I don't know if you've seen this guy, but from Hey Did You See This One, we've got Jason R. Phillips in the house. Oh, hello. It's me, Jason R. Phillips from the Hey Did You See This One podcast. If you want to try movies, you should try watching our show every week. Uh, yeah, insert coin. <laughs> <laughs> That's getting used a lot tonight. Um, yeah, good to have you here, man. Thanks. It's nice it's to meet you finally. Talking. Yeah, yeah, you you as well, you as well. Jason's frequented a couple of our, well, our Trivial Debate show a couple of times. Yes, yeah, uh, he's a... He was, a, he was a part of the wrestling one, and uh, we had them had you in for The Office, a fine host for The Office one. Was, uh, looking mm-hmm, forward mm-hmm. to more trivial debates shenanigans with Jason, uh, if you want to check those out. But uh, yeah, bringing you in for some movies, some video game movies. Um, but we have a, another segment on this show. It's true. And that would be... Oh, well, hold on one second. I am off, <laughs> okay. I am off my game rusty. tonight. It's, I know it's, season two. it's season two, episode four <laughs> of our show. That's the one part I did not mention. So, you know, we're still early, which is good because apparently I need to get warmed up again. Um, But we do have another segment on this show, and it's called Origin Stories. So, Jason, what's with you and movies? In Like, my origin story with movies in general? What's with you and movies? What's with me in movies? Well, I'm going to tell you a little story about the, about the pandemic. Before the pandemic, okay. typically, I would just watch raunchy comedies, MCU. I was a pretty pretty much a layman when it comes to movies. So do you know what I thought? I oh, I thought you were talking about the movie pandemic of 1984. <laughs> no. Oh. I got to put that one on my list, oh. though, oh. because... Oh. I wasn't really a movie person, so naturally what I should do, is, of course, is uh, become a movie reviewer. So <laughs> that's, what, that's, what I, that's what I'm doing here. 
Yeah, like, I used to be a movie person, but I fell out of it. So this is me trying to get back in. You know? I'm more of a tell. Like I'm a, I have encyclopedic knowledge of television, like sitcoms and prestige drama, and like professional wrestling. So movies were sort of a thing that I was like missing out on in a major way because there's a lot of classics that I, people be like. You know, have you seen this? And that's sort of where the, the podcast comes from. We'll get to that in a sec. But in 2020, I was like, you know what? We're all sitting on our butts. We're all at home. What if I just, you know, put on movies around the clock? And I clocked in 200 movies that year. And I've pretty much, in the subsequent years, been doing about 150 movies a year. So I've caught up on a lot. And then during that time, a friend approached me to do a podcast and it's called, of course, Hey, Did You See This One? And the premise is sort of like you're at a party. Somebody asks you, hey, have you seen this movie? And it's those movies that you've seen little bits and pieces of or you've seen, you know, in the background at a host party or whatever. We try to we try to gravitate more towards that stuff to sort of introduce movies to people that they may not have seen. We're doing John Carpenter month right now. So. Oh, nice. definitely a lot of things a lot of movies that i haven't seen so that's pretty much my oh, the, the, the thing is one of my favorites so absolutely i saw yeah. you recently reviewed the fog we did that uh last season or yeah, no didn't yeah. love it no didn't we did it, it this season it was our halloweens because we did ghost for halloweens this season michael chain um, it was a slow burn for me what did what were you thinking what was your quick give us your quick sort of rundown of the fog um <laughs> i have a controversial opinion about the fog uh, I compare a lot of John Carpenter to Halloween because it's kind of his seminal picture. Um, I like The Fog better than the first Halloween movie. So, wow, does that, does that take away that my credibility? That, maybe. No, I don't think that's no. Murphy likes um, take, some though. real bad movies. It's all good. It's like <laughs> loves the Tingler. <laughs> I, I did. I don't love the Tingler. I respect the Tingler. You gotta respect, respect the tingler. Listen, I, I, I'm gonna say this because uh, I missed my opportunity, but Jamil actually uh, gave me the download info that there was a sale for a Blu-ray copy of Southland Tales for five dollars. Don't waste your money. Don't waste your. Money. I was going to buy that and send that to you, but I unfortunately missed it. The sale, and well, I refused to pay any more than five dollars for money. that film. <laughs> I find that a lot of times that like movies are very of the era and that one was one I remember liking, but I feel like if I went back and watched it, I'd be like, what is this? What am I, what is the point of this? Okay. It's, it is genius. It is. It's oh my God. Genius. <laughs> I'm telling you. You allowed me I, to I saw reduce that, it to a C movie. Get I here. saw that movie. I was like, wow, weird film. And I We're did not realize how prophetic genius that film is. Take, oh I'm telling God. you, take stop, that one for stop. a ride. I can't on have any more. It's any more that I'm not tainting another podcast with pleasant Southland words about Southland Tales. Get the fuck out of here. All right. Sequel to Donnie Darko, allegedly, <laughs> which is I didn't also didn't really like. So, Theater One, Super Mario Brothers from 1993, starring Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, Dennis Hopper, Samantha Mathis, and Murphy's favorite, Fisher Stevens. Directed by Annabelle Jankel and Rocky Morton, who were, like, were basically banned from Hollywood after this, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Um, I, was, I was also a big fan of Dennis Hopper, but yeah, love him. Dennis I think Hopper was a bigger fan this was of Fisher Stevens. The, 
era of Dennis Hopper where he just like he's basically playing the same guy he played in Waterworld. This is like the mustache twirling villain Dennis Hopper phase. <laughs> he's playing like a he's play it's like kind of an allegory for him being Hitler in a lot of ways and trying to snuff out the the monkey race. And he he's the only one him and like Bob Hoskins are like the most seasoned actors in this film and they're completely out of place because they're actually acting and they're not trying. They're not even trying, but they're doing the best job. And then John Leguizamo comes along. Hoskins is pretty good. (laughs) He's pretty good. And I don't think, I think this movie gets a lot of flack, but if you like, if it wasn't a Mario movie, if it was just a weird, like it's a John Carpenter adjacent in its presentation i i found watching it again i did watch it again a couple years ago and i i didn't like it but watching with a more analytical eye uh the other day i was like this this would work a lot better if they didn't shoehorn in all the mario stuff but definitely i was looking for the mario stuff and didn't even notice that that there were so many easter eggs and i've seen this movie 30 times throughout my life. I had it on VHS as a kid. I saw it in the theaters like three times. I kept making my dad go see it. And he was like, no more. No more. <laughs> I loved it as a kid too. So I was expecting it to like cash in big, at least on nostalgia points. But I'm telling you, it was worse than I remembered. <laughs> like It's like for the for, like for the middle 50 minutes, it's just this kind of boring chase, essentially. It's just like a chase scene sort of. And it just it, keeps going and going. I found the, like... the very beginning of it the most interesting. But uh, before me too. We get, before yeah. we get Davin to break down the uh, the plot of this, let's watch the trailer. Sort of. Sort of refresh ourselves, shall we? From Hollywood Pictures, the Mario Brothers are out to rescue a kidnapped princess. Who will take them out of this world into another dimension? Where are we? You're Luigi! Get him! Are you all right? Super Mario Brothers. This ain't no game. Starts Friday, May 28th at a theater near you. This ain't no game. If you watch that trailer with your eyes closed, it's fine. (laughs) Ah, man. Oh, jeez. Game over, man. If I'd known you were going to get these graphics, I would have at least given you 1080p versions. Come on, sir. No, they're supposed to be old and grainy. It's eight bit. It's old and no, that's, that's that's. I'm talking about the frame size. Oh, whatever. yeah, I know. Yeah, well, whatever. But yeah, so boys, all right. What do we say about this? Okay, so our new format is we break. We say, how did our movie start? What happens in the middle, and what happens at the end? Just kind of a brief description along those lines. This movie starts with the Mario Brothers doing some plumbing. You know, things aren't going well for the Mario Brothers, um, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. The, 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 the uh, things are going well. They're, they're doing work. They're, like, they're doing plumbing gigs. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the van's falling apart a little bit. You know, they're they're dreaming of bigger things. Uh, Mario and his younger brother, Luigi, of course. And then there's also um, Samantha Mathis, who plays Princess Date. Well, she's not a princess at first, but Daisy. Um, and she's like an archaeologist and she's at a dig and there's like a company, a construction company, mob run by the looks of things that want to, uh, 
get in there and get the construction a lot yeah a lot of suits in that mob yeah (laughs) yeah so uh there's that whole conflict and then uh luigi meets her and he's a little bit taken with her and uh, she's a little taken with luigi and they go on a little date double date with uh because mario has a date as well mario is a smooth talking older man he's doing just fine yeah and then uh, they find that uh, the mobster guys start flooding the site, the archaeology site, so they will have to go uh, try to uh, plummet. Stop the, stop the flooding. Yeah, plummet, basically. Yeah. Um, basically. Sorry, I was distracted. They're... I'm hearing baby sounds from upstairs. There's like chaos going on up there. Um... Yeah, they want to they uh, basically uh, flood, flood the the excavation so, the, yeah, so they have to, yep but you know in the midst of all this plumbing which is kind of the same sort of opening in a way of the next mario movie we're going to review where they're just kind of going on this big plumbing expedition and things go awry but uh so then they get sucked through this kind of portal you know not quite the the tunnel portals we're used to in mario games but they get sucked through a portal and they end up in the what is it dino city (laughs) can we just talk about how they get sucked through the portal for a second how they're just like they're they're going through the piping system and luigi's like daisy and he goes to chase him and then mario's like no they're this way what do you mean how do you i've been listening to pipes my entire life and then they start going in the proper direction um and then he gets to the cliff where it's, you know, it just looks like a rock wall. And then it gets all like 1992 digital liquidy Pixely. and starts sucking yeah. things in. Um, yeah. I, I Which wasn't a oh, bad yeah. effect, honestly, for the time. It was used sparingly. Most, most, mostly practical, practical in this movie. Put yourself in Yeah, that when position. it's not practical, it doesn't look great, but... Like some of the, like, put the yourself cool in that position just just a for a moment you're, you're hanging on the side of a cliff and there's like a portal that looks like a rock face and you've got like a 20 foot drop to an underground river would you take that jump if i was a 50 year old man probably not <laughs> how old is bob hoskins people used to look older so how old is Bob? Oh yeah, he's probably here? twenty-three in yeah, this. Yeah, thirty. He's thirty-two. He's probably... <laughs> Pushing his thirty-threes, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of what's going on there. And then they have Dino City, and they find that there's a President Koopa, played by Dino Dennis Hopper. In Dino Hatton, that's what it is, right? Not Dino City, Dino Hatton, because they're in Manhattan. Or no, they're in Brooklyn. Like it starts with them in Brooklyn. And it starts off even before that during the cre- opening credits. It's like Brooklyn 65 million years ago. And like, so like there's a bit of continuity there. But yeah, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the it's, asteroids separated the dimensions. It really is just barely any kind of a Mario movie. Like it, it really doesn't have anything to do with Mario at all. Uh, it's but and it's the only thing more early nineties than this movie is Double Dragon which we'll be talking about after this. But, like, <laughs> it's just, like, all these 90s movies, they have that kind of, like, skateboarder kind of feel. Yeah. And... the We'll get to the other movies, but I feel like this is the perfect, like, it converges Double Dragon and the new Mario movie because it has Mario, but also, like, a cyberpunk vibe. 
in a yeah. weird dystopian, I guess, future or just an alternate alternate dimension. Yeah. yeah, where the lizards evolve. Parallel dimension, because like, the 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 comet hit and killed the dinosaurs, but instead of killing the dinosaurs, it just killed them in our universe when it's and created this split where like you know they didn't die yeah they evolved to be the dominant species of bipedal but they evolved to look just like creatures <laughs> like yeah. it's it's very uh it's not great i gotta say this is this is like uh there but, were uh, some people in dino city that had lizard like features at times yep. A and lot of bondage and BDSM stuff too, though. So I assume oh, lizards awesome are past. super into weird kinks. They are definitely are, um, especially if you go to the boom boom room or whatever it was. <laughs> boom boom bear was it? Yeah, Big Bertha, who's a fish in the game. Who's a fish in Mario? I that's my favorite part of this. Watching it now is the references. There was a oh, there was a Hammer Brothers uh tattoo parlor. That's all it is is references. Yeah. <laughs> it's references attached to things that have nothing to do with Mario except for the actual little bomb. It's like, all right, a bomb of a Mario. Cool. Like, well no, that's not not that they don't have anything to actually do with Mario. They they do. They the references to Mario games. Like there's the the thwomping So that's what uh, I mean. Like there's a ton of references. Stuff like but, that. The, Nothing is the thing that it is. Like, you know what I mean? Mario the, jumps, so they have these jump boots, but really right. it just makes them look like they're flying really awkwardly. It's like, it's it's kind of terrible. They're definitely yeah. attached to the wires. The yeah, king oh. getting turned into fungus kind of reminded me of how in Mario Brothers 3, all the kings are changed into different things. That was the coolest thing about this movie, I thought, was all the fungus and the, everything about the fungus. The little mushrooms that are like glass. Yeah. I thought it was a really cool little thing. Yep. Well, um, the, so before we yeah. get too much into the the, the fungus of it, they're, the the boys, the Mario Brothers, if you will, they they're walking the streets of Dino Hat, and they basically get stopped by the local fuzz for being plumbers. And Bob and Austin then an old says lady. that line: "You can't rest. You resting a guy for being a plumber? What kind of city yeah. is this?" It's true because Koopa put out a plumber alert because uh, he thinks they have the. It basically, like every movie in the early 90s, late 80s, it has to do with a crystal. I mean, <laughs> everything had to do with a crystal back in those days. So they need this yeah. crystal because he wants to merge the worlds, Koopa, so that he Because there's no resources there, probably because he squandered them all or whatever. But the way he explains it, he like, Dino. Hatton is quite small and that's all he has he's like it's just a few streets and like yeah. but yeah so he wants to go to earth and eat people and city. take all the resources so and you know he has um well he did have iggy and uh what was the other one was it spike. izzy and iggy spike and izzy yeah 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 spike and iggy iggy yeah yeah uh the koopa koopa troop they were running around Earth, played by Fisher Stevens and some other guy. Richard Edson. That guy's uh, from like a whole bunch of stuff. I recognize yeah, him from that era. I recognize him too. Yeah. But they definitely didn't know his name. Good, good. So it's just a big chase scene after that. Like everything in the nine, that time period is car chases and jumping around, running around, going to the boom, boom room. He has a nice dance with Big Bertha. Because when they first get there, Big Bertha takes their diamond from them. So they don't even have it. 
So they got to go get that back. And there's a nice lurid dance with Mario and Big Bertha. Where he, he... You're like, so what about your like favorite scene? Like you didn't even touch upon Did that. Did we get there yet? Is... That's kind of near the end, isn't it? No, your favorite scene is like in somewhat in the beginning. Basically okay, after, after they get picked up from the cops. And the, I'll tell you why that's to... the best scene. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they get picked up from the cops. The pure chaos of this whole sequence. No. Name. Mario. Last name. Mario. Okay, what's your name? Luigi. Luigi, Luigi? No, Luigi Mario. that line always stuck with me as a kid i used to say that all the time mario mario luigi mario but the reason that's the best scene in this movie at least the most significant is at least from my knowledge of growing up in the time that's the only thing that this movie added to the lore of any significance. Like before that, they were just Mario and Luigi, the Super Mario Brothers. But this movie was the first thing that like put the spotlight on that. And be like, well, if they're the Mario Brothers, then their last name must be Mario. So they're Mario, Mario, and Luigi Mario. And I'm pretty sure that got put into the video games, and that's their names now in the video games. So, yeah, they make reference to it a little bit here and there. Yeah. So I'm pretty so sure that came from this movie. Don Lake was in that scene. <laughs> no, no, no. And it, it's a funny joke. How many Mario's are you between the two of you? Three. Get these <laughs> Mario's out of here. Yeah. He's just got a yeah. prostitute's foot on his head the whole time. Yeah. That's my favorite scene for sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but, basically uh, they, these guys yeah. get get through a little chase scene and as you said they they end up the uh through the nightclub with big bertha having a dance oh, right and we should say that koopa has still has daisy and his and has knowledge of her father because she's attached to this whole thing she's actually princess daisy and she's from this world mm. but and that's why she's obsessed with dinosaurs and stuff back on earth Our she's earth. a chanterelle princess yeah. <laughs> um so Turns out her father is the fungus. Spoiler alert. Spoilers. <clears throat> and he was king of uh, and Koopa took over and turned him into a fungus. And uh, Koopa has his like his lady. I forget her name, but she's kind of like quite prominent in the movie. But I don't even think she's a reference to the video games. Uh, like the red haired lady. Lena? Yeah. yeah. Lena. Like who Played is she? Fiona like, <laughs> I, I honestly feel like the only reason they cast that woman is just because she could like do the like neck thing and just like just like flinch her neck and act like a lizard really well and be electrocuted well. I feel like I've seen that lady be electrocuted three or four times in other movies, but maybe it's just other ladies that look like her. But um, yeah, so she's got kind of kind of working with Koopa, but sort of like ready to backstab him at any point. Which she sort of kind of does. At least in trying to just kind of gain power for herself. So that whole thing is going on. But like, there's really not much plot to go through here. There's a big fight between Koopa and Mario. Did, did I run across any of your guys' favorite scenes yet? No. <laughs> well, Can you guys uh, still hear me? 
Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. You're, you seem frozen, so, though. My camera's frozen. If I just leave and yeah, come it back, is. will it fix it? Yeah, like should do that, yeah. So. Okay, be right back. So. Yeah, the big fight, and then they during the fight, they well, at the start of the fight, it's funny. So he takes one of the, the little bombs and he twists it up. Well, okay, so hang on. You, you are yeah. jumping over a couple scenes. So, yeah, okay. basically the, the club dance scene. Um, was that yours? Well, this this was actually Jason's favorite scene. Um, he okay. the, where he goes and gets the crystal from Bertha? Uh, yeah, basically where he's getting the crystal uh, from Bertha and you're like, he's do, the, doing the dance and stuff. That's the lurid um, dance of love. Yeah, his was his was uh, everyone does the dinosaur at the end. Um, Everybody do the dinosaur. dinosaur. Yeah, that song's um, played like a bunch of times in this movie. <laughs> it is. It's kind of like the main theme of the film, if you think about it. But yeah, I'll just. Play so, what's your favorite else. scene? Well, my favorite scene is shortly after. Um, All right. So let's 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 play his, and then hopefully he'll be back. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> Every '90s movie had one of these scenes too. The stranglehold this song had on. So yeah, Jason, that was your favorite scene that held up. Uh, why'd you pick that scene? I like that sequence because of not only the song, it's pretty iconic, but I like when he gets into the, like just shortly after that, when he gets in, he's dancing with Big Bertha and he's trying to get the the crystal off of her and then they're, yeah. throw, they're throwing it around to like get it away from her. I just like that whole, that whole, sequence the fact that they show up in this ridiculous suits uh iggy and spike are like dressed like french maids or something like they're dressed like women are they smart by that point because they get like koopa has a de-evolve gun but he can turn it the other way and like re-evolve they're like yeah they were smart by that point they were helping the mario i think this was their idea in fact potentially yeah Yeah, they they pulled them out of like the junkyard desert a la judge dread yeah in the 90s <laughs> you know back to the city and they're like back in the club um yeah so yeah they basically they're they're, they're like oh we gotta get out of the way this was this was this, this is the scene that made me laugh out loud and the one i remembered the most because it's not so much dialogue as its description <laughs> Daisy, the rock, the tower, a slush cup, jump, okay? <laughs> what a way to go to Cooper's tower. <laughs> Cops, Koopas, Daisy, the rock, the tower, like... <laughs> 
What is this writing? Exposition dumps constantly. There's a part at the beginning where Bowser just walking through explaining the plot to the woman that he's with who would know what's going on. (laughs) But it's, you know, obviously for the audience. That's if like, that's for kids to like catch the kids up probably to be like, oh yeah, all these things get their attention back. Fair enough. True. Yeah. I think Zoom an honorable is also mention, just pure insanity the whole time. So yes, you can't. You're not keeping up. Like it's not you. It's the movie. <laughs> an honorable <laughs> mention scene, I think, is uh, towards the end. Uh, the the slide scene, I think that's also uh, extremely. With the mattress and the like, yeah. the, the frozen, and then the it's little, the frost it's level. It, yeah, the, the Goombas look so bad. They're just so <laughs> blocky. Like they're just like clearly just made of like a square piece of wood. And like a head on top, like yeah. it's they're yeah. pretty funny. And how what are you, those Goombas? What do you guys crazy. think happened? Like they representative-wise, I see why they are the Goombas, right? Mm-hmm. But wh- where's the trans? Where's the miscommunication that made them from some sort of little mushroom man to a giant freak with a tiny head, broad shoulders? <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> Like, like, because there's a fungus plot in this movie. Like, you don't need to explain why there's little mushroom people. There's fungus everywhere. There's shy guys too in the junkyard. Those are shy guys, I guess. Oh my god, those are shy guys. I didn't even think about that. See, it's just in name only. Yeah, this this movie. So, anyway, there's a merging starts to happen, but then so, um. Koopa merges over to the our Earth and turns the main mobster guy who was flooding the work site into a chimpanzee <laughs> with his de-evolved guy. Yeah. The, the guy goes, ends by up the merging way, back to Koopa. I, I, of, w- the, the, I wish I'd cut the scene, but his intro, his intro with uh, with uh, Daisy is, is the worst acting by far I've ever witnessed. It oh, is, it was it was jarring. It was jarringly bad. But her so <laughs> was, was hers. Hers, hers was felt not like much she better. was reading <laughs> off a teleprompter. I feel like Daisy's. I thought I thought this as a kid. In fact, I thought Daisy's like acting through the movie is extremely inconsistent. And my theory mm. is that when she's putting in work, things were good that day on set. And when mm. she's reading off a teleprompter, it's like get the scene over with because this movie was a nightmare was rewritten over and over it was reshot over and over i think they started making it and fired the people and then brought in the this this couple that just botched it even further i think is how the story goes so uh, mario and luigi uh bob hoskins and and john leguizamo when you see them driving in the in the van at the beginning when they're going to to go you know do plumbing uh they're drunk in real life they were just wasted mm. on set because nobody gave a shit. Nobody cared. They didn't care. It's just crazy how this thing got put into theaters in the state that it it's in. Like it's a co- it's a competent movie for the most part, and the set pieces are fantastic. Just, the set pieces it, are good, but it's competent in that it tells a story <laughs> that makes like it has a beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> oh, I think we have to expect a little more from a movie than that. Uh, <laughs> 1993 was a weird year and then early 90s by and large were a weird time cocaine come down years yeah but uh 
So that's pretty much the end. The bomb that Mario winded up in that fell through the floor ends up coming back up due to the fungus help. And, yeah, it goes uh, on a 15-minute trip across the does. city. Almost gets run over by a taxi. Proceeds to climb up a 40-story building and then blow up. Yeah, he gets Koopa, fashion. who they had started to de-evolve anyway, and then Koopa gets blown up, and they they save the day and go back to Manhattan. That's and then Super Mario Brothers. And then we get our we, almost a post credits before the credits even start where peach comes back she's like we gotta go you'll never believe what happened Daisy. after they turn yeah i kept calling her peach while i was like making my notes and stuff but uh they set peach up a sequel is peach, 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 peach. <laughs> peach. that like what would that sequel even be my i was thinking that like you bring a in disaster That's you bring in be. the dream element from mario brothers 2 have that to have uh what's his name like toad or whatever not toad it's like spike what was the bad guy from mario brothers 2 anyway i digress just oh oh, <sighs> oh you're talking about um it was the, birdo like, in level Goombas, one the birders or something like that not yeah he was like a he was like a frog man he was like a frog villain because it's mm. from a different video game patched over with uh right with Mario characters. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yep. Anyway, they oozed Bowser. He's done. <laughs> no more Bowser. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they turn Koopa King they turn Bowser Koopa into goo in this film and yeah, they call it a day. And yeah, Daisy Yeah, I don't know. She As a kid, I absolutely hated the design for Bowser. I thought Yoshi oh, was awful. fine. I love Jurassic Park. I like the realistic yeah. dinosaurs. But There's Bowser a Yoshi. Was... I guess we could mention that. Yeah. There is a Yoshi. <laughs> Named Yoshi, which I thought was interesting. Tongues, tongues somebody and tries to eat them. While, you know, Daisy looks back horrified. Then it cuts to, what's her name? Lena? I, I can, yeah. can never remember. Yeah. Lena. With her like foot right in his mouth. He was going to do, he's going to turn her into an egg for sure. Yeah, but she just like takes off her stiletto and stabs him in the neck or something. Yeah. You know, if you want, you can just say that Mario Brothers 2023 is the sequel to this movie and that the Mario in Mario 2023 just dreams in live action. And this one, this 1993 one, was just a dream by 2023 mario it's funny mario world is animated it's funny that you say that because mario going to so many different wacky places at this point in his games almost canonizes this old movie as like (laughs) what if it was real life this is just what it would this is just a game where and then in in mario odyssey for switch like he goes to like new donk city and it's there's real people I don't know. I'm reaching this one in the neck in the 20. Oh, they're the same movie. There's parallels. (laughs) Well, it's uh, Jason, since you're our guest, which performance would you hold up? I think, I think, (laughs) I think like Dennis Hopper is the easy go to, but I think Bob Hoskins, who is a star of stage and screen, He's a thespian first, being in this pile of junk and getting through it and being a believable Mario and almost great casting. I would say mm-hmm. he's pr- pretty good casting for the era. I don't know who else you would really 
have maybe put a you know a younger person, but I think everybody perceived Mario to be an older guy at the time. I think Bob Hoskins making it through this movie is uh, the performance I would hold up. <laughs> yep, Bob Hoskins. He's almost this. He's carrying it a lot, a heavy load on his back. I'll tell you that. Like, I don't even think Dennis Hopper's that great. He's really phoning it in. Like, like he's still Dennis Hopper, so there's still like some personality there. But like, he's phoning it in pretty good. Hoskins seems to be at least trying to earn his paycheck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Bob Bob Hoskins is the best at what he does and what he big does. Bertha close second. His ass off. Big Bertha close second. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um so yeah, yeah no. the setting and aesthetic uh well like you the practical sets it's it does it's not the mushroom kingdom it's almost not completely unrelated to mario but there are some cool sets i think they represented the desert well from mario games and they represented a, they had a well, frost level <laughs> they had an ice level they have a giant level the giant level yep yeah. no I wish. I yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Well, they had the Gestapo level. I'm feeling, <laughs> yeah, they had I'm the... feeling a bit peckish, Murphy. Uh, movie morsels for Super Mario Brothers from 1993. Uh, Dennis Hopper described the film's production. It was a nightmare. Very honestly, that movie, it was a husband and wife directing team were both control freaks and wouldn't talk before they made decisions uh anyway i was supposed to go down there for five weeks and i was there for 17. it was so over budget the uh the yoshi puppet was capable of moving 64 separate movements due to 200 feet of cable crammed inside its three foot tall structure and all good looking puppets yeah, then they use them for like six total minutes, and that thing probably cost ten million dollars. Yeah, it was probably a good portion of the budget. Um, nine puppeteers operate that Yoshi puppet. Bob Hoskins didn't know that the film he was making was based on a game until his son asked him what he was working on. When Hoskins mentioned the film's title, his son immediately recognized it and showed Hoskins the game on his own Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, in 2007's autobiography, John Leguizamo states he and Bob Hoskins hated working on the film and would frequently get drunk to make it through the experience. Both men apparently knew the movie would turn out bad, so they simply tried to make the best of it. He also stated he felt one of the biggest reasons the movie turned out the way it did was because the directors wanted a more adult movie, while the studio, considering the source material, was looking for a children's film. Uh, during a chase scene, Bob Hoskins broke his finger when the van's door slammed on his hand. For the rest of the film, Hoskins is wearing a cast that was painted pink to look like a hand. Uh, allegedly, due to drinking on set, John Leguizamo was hit by a car, breaking his leg. You can even see the cast in some shots of the movie. Which I was like, I thought he was. I thought he looked a little banged up for certain scenes. Um, the set for Dino Hatton was built in. Is this movie filmed on a burial ground by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> um, on lot for Di- six six six. <laughs> oh no! Um, the set for Dino Hatton was built in an abandoned cement factory called the Ideal Cement Factory in the woods outside Wilmingham, 
Wilmington, North Carolina. Set designs were adapted to the existing structure of the building. This factory was also used as the Shredder and the Foot Clan's hideout in Teenage Mutant Turtles from 1990 and Top Dollar's nightclub in The Crow from 1994. Um, so that's why this set looks so familiar, if anyone... I thought can. so, yeah. Yeah. An earlier draft of the script shows that Bowser only disguises himself as a human in his first two scenes. The princess's character is named Hildy, and Bowser wants to marry her in an attempt to obtain the crown of invincibility, that with which familiar. to take over the Mushroom Kingdom. Game enemies such as Piranha Plants and Thwomps make appearances. Toad accompanies the Mario Brothers throughout their journey as a main character. A baby dinosaur named Junior thinks Mario is his mother, Luigi gets raccoon powers at one point. One of the Bowser's lackeys, a possible prototype for Kamek, tells Mario, your princess is in another castle. Mario and Luigi sing a song for Bowser, and Bowser ends up falling into a pit of lava. In other words, this draft is much more faithful to the games. Those are plot lines from the cartoon show. I'm sure of yes. it. Yes. <laughs> and Terminator 2. <laughs> And the, the remaining morsels here. One of the versions of the script contained a cameo for Bruce Willis where he tunneled through the air ducts of King Koopa's castle in a spoof of his role in Die Hard in 1988. <laughs> the de-evolution guns seen at the end of the film are simply repainted versions of the Super Nintendo Super light gun six. accessory. Yep. Super Scope, yep. Uh, Michael Keaton was approached to play Koopa as was Arnold Schwarzenegger and Kevin Costner. They were all approached to play King Koopa. Uh, Cheech Marin was offered the lead role of Mario, but turned the part down. And Harold Ramis was offered to direct the film, but declined. Oh, that would have been yeah, a complete... Cheech would have been a better Mario, actually. Yep. Give me a Harold Ramis-directed Mario film with Cheech Marin as the lead. I'm yeah, down. that's better. Uh, Cinematography by Dean Semler, edited by Mark Goldblatt. Music by Alan Silvestri. Release date May 28th, 93. Runtime of 104 minutes with a budget of 42 to $48 million and a box office of $38.9 million. There's your movie morsels. For wow. Super Mario. Yeah, well, barely broke even. Didn't even break even. Does this movie have rewatchability? Yes. If you're on drugs, yes. like hard LSD, maybe some mushrooms. So we and you want to laugh. We come to this point on our show a lot, and sometimes what we'll do is we'll have the guest over to my co-host's place, Steve's, and we'll watch it together. And then when we talk about it, it's a better conversation than if we watch it individually. I feel like if the three of us got together to watch at least the two '90s movies we would have had more to say in the positive where I was forced at gunpoint to watch this this week. Um, I can't say that I want to rewatch it again for a while. I'm probably good. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm not going to let the fact that I did rewatch it countless times as a kid count towards rewatchability because I'm, I'm a grown up now and no, I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. But you know what? Maybe I will just because it has the name Mario attached to it. Like, you never know. But it's not good. It's, you really shouldn't go watch this movie or anything except for, like, the, the spectacle of having seen a horrible movie. But, like, yeah. What about you, Murphy? 
Uh, I'm, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be watching this film anytime, uh, and anytime soon. It was probably, this is more than enough. I've watched it twice now in my life. I can't say I'm down for it. it? I wish I could say that, Um, (laughs) but I cannot. Uh, So the big question, does it hold up? Nope. No. It's I think it's an oddity. I I don't I wouldn't say it holds up, but I think that it's it deserves a little bit more credit than being completely written off. Yeah, that's fair. Like if you've never seen I mean, it, watch it. <laughs> you yes, know what I mean? You, I I mean, yeah, okay, like it is that's a cult classic for a reason, yeah. reason because it's like so historically bad, but and because it has the name Mario attached to it. Like, if it didn't have the name Mario attached to it, it wouldn't be a cult classic. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, Bob Haas, it's 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 sort of like a weird fever dream that everyone's probably needs to experience at least once, especially if you've ever <laughs> played a Super Mario Brothers game. Oh, yeah. Yep. So you just have to see it. Kind of, but, like... But no, it doesn't hold up. It's a horrible movie. Like, it's, as a film it's a, on its own, yeah, it's a really bad film. And it, there was little entertainment value. So, yeah, it doesn't hold up for Yeah, me, not much. Sadly. Like, I felt like that car chase scene that lasted 45 minutes. And it was probably only four minutes. Yeah. So, I guess that's a, that's a C movie for tonight. We have Super Mario Brothers. I would even say C minus. It's uh, <laughs> I have rose colored glasses on, and I'm struck by nostalgia. But if I have to I answer the question, no, it does not hold up. Okay, guys. <laughs> yeah, you have to answer the question on this show. Yep. Yeah, on this show, you gotta answer the question. I was thinking Sometimes about it. You're just gonna time. take the glasses off. Sometimes you gotta take the goggles off and just be like, "This movie sucks," and this one sort of does. So let's move over to theater two, shall we? Oh, talking about movies that suck. Okay, Double Dragon from 1994, starring Scott, Scott Wolf, Mark DeCascos, Alyssa Milano, and Robert Patrick, directed by James Yukich. So, <laughs> opening thoughts on this one? I uh, hate this movie. This, it's <laughs> awful. Um, this was yeah. probably at the height of my Alyssa Milano crush, and this movie still somehow makes her less attractive. Like everything I about this she movie was is in awful. this movie. Because it, everything about this movie is bad. There's a couple of hammy, hammy lines of dialogue from Robert Patrick, which one of those I picked as my favorite scene. Because what else are you going to pick? Oh no, I didn't. I ended up changing it to something else, didn't I? But Robert Patrick anyway. deserves a back brace for carrying that film. Yeah. He was not <laughs> yeah. the villain. I don't think this film is even worth the time spent watching it. Like he, I, 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 I can't. He was. He took it so seriously and said all of those lines with a straight face. He deserved way more money than he was paid to make that film. Whatever he was. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say about this. This was a weird way to have a third escape from movie, and it just be Los Angeles again. I guess Escape from Los Angeles <laughs> comes after, but this is like it's Escape from Angeles, LA sir. 2.5. It's like the same universe as the Escape movies. 
it's not obviously not a John Carpenter, but this is like they somebody watched Escape from New York and was like, I'm gonna make that movie. And somebody's like, that movie already exists, and they were like, Double Dragon. And this is this is what we have. And it's yeah, like that's, that's well, the yeah, time. It was like you Mortal have to have Kombat futuristic had, skateboarding. Uh, and like like what movies like were about Mario Brothers Mario Brothers property was bought up, Mortal Kombat property was bought up, Double Dragon was somewhat popular video game or arcade at the time because it was a fighting arcade. Um, and it was side scrolling and what was it? It wasn't Streets of Rage. Right. I guess they couldn't get the properties for that, so they're like, let's go with Double Dragon. Double Dragon is a huge was a huge franchise on the NES and Super Nintendo yeah. in Japan. I'm a Double Dragon three man myself. It's a great the game. I had I had the first one on Game Boy and I played the shit out of it. Hard. We only saw a tip of the iceberg. Like it's crazy how many games spin off this River City Ransom, that dodgeball game for Nintendo. They're all in universe, but we just get this, you know, Double Dragon one to three, and then I think four on the Super Nintendo much later, and then the arcade games, obviously. But do you get? Did you guys have the same experience with this movie that I had? There's somebody's birthday party, it gets rented, and it just gets put on the TV, and nobody pays attention to it. Because that's how I remember it. I, I watched it once as a kid, mm-hmm. and then I watched it once in 2020, and then I watched it once in 2023. And each time I watched it, I f- just don't, I can't retain any of it. Yes. I <laughs> it's hard to remember. It's, I remember them stuffing spinach into a bobo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't even remember that. But that's about it. <laughs> like, I, uh, I, when I was a kid, I remember seeing it. I kind of remember them piecing their the medallion together and transforming but i didn't remember it being that bad and i don't uh i don't remember the majority of this film so watching it again it was a real trip um so i don't know it's you know you've seen the film but when was the last time you ever saw the trailer for this film i don't think i've ever seen the trailer for this See, I actually liked the three NES Double Dragon games a lot, so Los I watched Angeles. this more than I should. The city has changed. Cops rule the day. But, like, why did it have to be futuristic? Like, for Mario, at least, it's like, that's a crazy world. How are they going to bring that to life? But this, they just needed to have gangs on the street. And they decided to spend all this money for no reason. There's only one thing. Snake Plissken hasn't arrived yet. Yeah. This is only half. Find me the other This reminded me of the fifth element. Who's got it? Got Ray Park in it. Or it name is. The guy from Party you. of Five. This half gives power over the body. Scott Wolf. Scott Wolf. The guy from Iron Chef. It's whitest In the words of my grandfather. And a madman will stop at nothing to possess it. You're going to love this. Oh my god, the video game movies of this era. We could have had Street Fighter on here. Like, if we wanted to have quality movies, we could have put Mortal Kombat 1 on here. Yeah, the movie holds up for sure. It's the only good one. There is Duran. Watch your step. Time to skin you guys. This was a good pick because of what I had forgotten about it.
We're just getting crazy music. I don't know what happened in the video. It got all glitchy yeah. on me. So there, there you have it. So Jason, what happened in the beginning third of Double Dragon? Keeping in mind, as a Double Dragon three man, the two main characters in this movie's names are Jimmy, Jimmy and Bimmy. Jimmy. Yep. Yeah. So a gigantic earthquake uh, destroys Los Angeles in 2007 mm-hmm. in the extreme future. <laughs> skateboarding future. <laughs> in the skateboarding future where lots of graffiti. All the, all the badass women have to have short blonde hair and be, yeah. you know, tech wizards. Um, basically, half the city's underwater and New Angeles is formed. And also, simultaneously, there's a medallion, a MacGuffin, half of it's missing, the the Jimmy and Bimmy boys, which is their name, legally. Um, they Bimmy have half Bimmy. of it. They don't know how to... It's got powers. Their grandfather handed it down. We get, like, that shot at the beginning of, like, some lore, and I was like, I this is bouncing off my brain. Yeah. Just, <laughs> it's hard to recall what happened. <laughs> there's a lady who sort of seems confident there for a little while but then they don't talk to her anymore when i say <laughs> that i watched this movie and tried to retain it no, i'm telling the truth because a lot of times i'll like half watch movies and i won't yeah. i'll miss stuff right or oh, my yeah, phone me too. this will happen if i'm bored mm-hmm. right but this one i was like okay i'm gonna get it this time because i don't <laughs> know but this movie can be boiled down to like fight scene foot chase fight scene Car chase, boat fight chase, team, boat chase, explosion, final battle, boom. A bobo. Yeah, a bobo we get introduced to a bobo. The clowns, Jimmy and Bimmy are, are buddies. They're they're in a they're in like an underground fight ring because that's probably the currency, the economy of the era. And they um, throw the fight because Bim or yeah, Bimmy's an idiot. Bimmy's uh, dumb and Jimmy is smart. <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy is the the guy from uh, Iron Chef America who takes a bite out of the the red pepper at the beginning. I don't know if you guys ever watched that show. In the words of my grandfather, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which Back I he's in, yeah. he's in the show. Uh, he's in the HBO show Warrior, which okay. uh, is a Bruce Lee written show, which is an amazing period piece, uh, martial arts based sort of. Uh, care it's a show produced by his daughter uh i'm not gonna attempt to remember her name right now um but either way great show and he's in it um he appears in the latest season um and it was fun to sort of like rewatch him he definitely acts his ass off because he's the only actual asian character and the only character that like closely resembles this the like source material Mm-hmm. As opposed to Scott Wolf, who's from Massachusetts, and they clearly the like the production companies weren't comfortable with you know giving two Asian leads the the role. No, and they didn't even teach him how to like do any martial arts. It seemed like a lot of no, his he was fight all sequences are like yeah. flailing and like bad kicks. And I like I'm a wrestling fan and I'm a fight choreography fan in movies. Like when the fight scene is happening, I'm paying attention. So I was extra had an extra critical eye on old Scotty Wolf from Party of Five. And I was like, this is so bad. And then the other dude, Jimmy, comes in and act can actually fight. And Ray Park from like every John Carpenter movie, every like action movie of the era. Ray Park's in this? 
Yeah, he's one of the he's one of the henchmen who all hench for money or whatever. Al Young is in it, but not. He... Yeah, that's who I meant. Ray Park is the is Toad from. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say Ray Park's fucking uh, uh, Darth Maul and stuff. Yeah, Al Young. That's movie. who I meant. Yeah, Al Young. Yeah. Um, you know, like they're they're doing real martial arts. The woman who plays uh, Satori Amata, their like guardian figure. Is yeah. like a pretty legit fighter. That whole sequence in the in the theater is like has some great swashbuckle fighting, you know. Okay, her whole storyline was baffling. One, <laughs> I was like, is she a coach? Is she a mother? I is couldn't figure a, it out either. A leader? <laughs> is she like a foster mom? Wikipedia really says <laughs> their guardian slash adoptive mother. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'll accept that. Sure. So it's like, you know. Also, she's like only five years older than them, (laughs) or something. Like how many? Like like, five years? Like it seemed like. Anyway, I didn't look up the actual ages, but I was like, yeah, oh yeah, she seems younger than Mark Dacascos. Yeah, I forgot that she. I forgot that the whole crux of the movie is that she gets murdered, so they kind of want revenge for her. And I forgot about all that stuff. And I thought she was just in their crew. And she was the kind of the straight woman in their crew to be like, can you guys stop oogling Alyssa Milano? Like, we get it. Every boy loves her. It's 1990. Possibly my first crush from Who's the Boss Days. Absolutely. Her and April (laughs) O'Neil. Sure. Yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong. (laughs) <laughs> it's always Topanga for me and Topanga but uh, am I gonna do you want me to do, do a little bit more plot here yeah yeah what um, happened in the middle of Double Dragon well through yeah, well, all she's that been blowing up what happened after that they 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 end they have a huge chase and they end up in a theater where they meet the bad guy for the first time and they have this fight well, I, I believe actually this is your favorite scene the introduction of a bobo after the theater fight so this yes is, i guess it'd be a good time yeah let's, let's play your holdups the scene that held up i believe this is it it's the first or oh, second ridiculous. introduction of a bobo <laughs> this is technically the second introduction of a bobo they look scampy older than 40. see this reminds me of two why the paper why the folding paper why that yeah, they had a leftover effect, effect from that Dune fight scene. Yeah. Oh, second to Bobo. Yeah. See, this didn't need to happen. He was already just a big dude. That was fine. Like, but I love that yeah, he, he just looked so bad. And he so moved bad. like that. He didn't like. Okay, I I appreciated that he was like big and bulky, and he moved like he was big and bulky. He didn't move quick. He stumbled around. He was easily tripped over. He didn't move like he was the Hulk from Marvel or anything like that. Uh, I'll tell you why it's my favorite, though. Much like the Mario Brothers movie, I like when there's references to the game that it's coming from. Mm -hmm. This reveal to me was almost the same as his reveal in the first uh, Double Dragon because he like bursts through a door at the end of the first level. And it just felt like the most true to the game in a movie filled with nonsense (laughs) i guess here's how i kind of looked at the movie though it's like you know the map that comes up 
in like at the beginning where it shows where you are mm-hmm. in in old games yeah. like final mm-hmm. fight has one i think streets of rage this game felt like you were just watching that map and they were going from place to place so at least it kind of had that cohesion um but this seeing abobo for the first i've always liked that character i have no idea why i think it's because as kids we were shown so many big jacked dudes <laughs> he was good on the one-on-one fighting that you could do in, in Double Dragon One. Yeah, well, like Nils Allen Stord is actually a great martial arts fighter. Like he's in, he's been in a bunch of like, you know, martial art action films previously, which is why they kind he of he looks familiar. Yeah, he's been um, in a bunch of stuff. But yeah, but his every line he delivered in this movie looked dubbed, and sounded dubbed. Like it, there bit, was a yeah. disconnect. It never seemed like it was coming from him. It was very strange. Alyssa Milano had that problem too. There was a lot of they did a lot of ADR in this. Mm. Actually, to go yeah, back for Mario, uh, I wanted to mention this when we were in the Mario part. But Koopa's walking down the stairs, just like, pl- like just telling plot, and then he stops talking. You can see him stop talking, and then there's just more plot dropped. Uh, him saying it. With his, with his mouth not moving in ADR, which I thought. Was <laughs> I didn't notice that, but that's funny. Just an exposition dump, and he's just going like this. So I wanted to mention that, but we that moved past it. Cops, what? Koopas. Well, well. Daisy, how does this crystal. brilliant movie Double Dragon end, Jason? Well. Uh, uh well hang on before we get to the end i wanted to highlight my favorite scene after right, okay. after the the big theater explosion and the killing of um satori uh there's you know the the boys are scrambled and there's the scene where uh robert patrick's uh koga shuko goes to the <laughs> yeah robert patrick plays koga shuko Kogo Shuko. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very believable. Uh, but yeah, he goes to the underground and we get this uh, we get this awesome scene with, uh, I believe his name's, uh, yeah, this is Michael Berryman. Um, Angus Bogasic says he's going to unite oh, the yeah. gang. Yeah. Nobody oh, knows is. who he is. He's totally hollow. But he's spreading the goods around. And if we don't jack in, we'll all be vapor. <laughs> no, jack in. Well, I'll be Maniacs don't take orders from anybody. Do we mind, Sheriff? Bring him to me. Dude, Michael Berryman's jacked. He's definitely tall. I am Kogashuko. From like, now really? on, <laughs> you'll do as I say. You say, you little snarf. Snarf. This snarf. Even have a say. It's a snarf flat. Humans made it to make fine music. Yeah, that was like the one and only scene of this entire movie that stood out to me as remotely memorable. Michael Berryman just like having the scene. And him and and uh, Robert Patrickman just acting their asses off in a really great scene, and then Robert Patrickman turns into a shadow creature, basically a la uh, the the Phantom. 
Was it the Phantom? With Alec Baldwin? No, it was it was the Shadow. Was that oh. the Shadow? Oh, am no. I think I think I think it's the Shadow. Yeah, with Alec Baldwin, and he's like turns into a shadow. But yeah, anyway, he chokes Michael Barryman's character. That was my favorite scene. That's why I like that. It, it was the best acting in the whole movie. Also, uh, yeah. his name's Kogashuko or whatever, which is <laughs> it, doesn't somebody call him by his regular name and it's like Damien later? Yeah, they do. He says, actually, my name's Kogashuko. Like, your name is John at best. Yeah. John <laughs> Williamson. Yes, Edward Williamson. <laughs> Seems more like a Bob to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how does this great movie end, Jason? Essentially, uh, Jimmy and Bimmy have to have a shadow battle because, uh, you know, if there's two brothers, they got to fight each other. Uh, as oh, wait, tradition. wasn't that my favorite scene, Murphy? That is your favorite scene in the movie. This is a perfect uh, segue. We're just going to pop that in. Because you're right. Every out. movie like this has to have what a shadow fight. Now? <laughs> Scott Pilgrim did it best. Ah! Yep. But he goes from like, hey guys, I'm a teenager, to like, now you must pay for your crimes against Kung Fu. Big backflip. That backflip would have killed him. Do you know the story of Shatter his femurs. Sons of Mars. the Romulus and Remus story. If you're waiting for an emergency, this is it. The brothers were abandoned and raised by wolves. Romulus and Remus always reminds me of Star Trek. It made me happy. Shadow Demon, you shall not pass. And it's in an arcade. In a quarrel, Romulus killed Remus. It's a great story. It's a great story, I don't read. Yeah. That's the best scene in the movie. Because of the double dragon part, because of the double dragon machine and uh, yeah, double, double dragon cabinets, yeah. Romulus <laughs> and Remus story and a backflip. So no. yeah, they they fight. Uh, I guess Scott Wolf uses the power of kicks him in the head to knock him knock him back into it. They hug, um, but the Kogashuko ends up with the whole uh, the whole amulet in the scuffle he puts it together he splits because also if there's two main characters there has to be two people for them to fight uh they kind of have a bit of a battle with the the split kogashuko and then i don't know they beat him (laughs) (laughs) well they end up i i forget how i honestly i legitimately do forget how they got their hands on the double dragon medallions after that point but they did get them on and then they get the blue and red uniforms yeah and the worst transformation scene in all of film history probably <laughs> next to like the wizard of oz or something like it was unbearably bad um yeah and then they get the power of satori being like you can do it yeah she comes back as a floating head it's like i knew you two could do it all along work together <laughs> Or whatever, and yeah, they they <laughs> they kick him at the same time, and he fuses back together, and then the the police come and arrest him. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, but that was a whole side plot in the movie where the cops wanted to take back the streets, or at least Melissa Milano's right. dad did. 
because Miss Milano was in trouble. And the other yeah, because they, they we're not going to help you. You just want to go do shift. it because your daughter. Yeah, that's right. In I'm going to tell Dad about your wig. Yeah. The cops work the day shift, and the criminals get the night shift. And then yeah. the criminals started bleeding over into the day shift, and he's like, "Well, I got to fix this because you yeah. don't know what it was like during the earthquakes. There was no water and food." Yeah, it was weird. They could have just said like a gang movie, like Double Dragon, a gang in martial arts movie, but they're like, "No, we're going to the future." Yeah, Dude, it's like, why don't they Sorry. have, I was just going to say, why don't they have multiple gangs? They introduce the clowns and then people who are part of the clowns but don't have clown makeup and that's it. <laughs> here's here's how they should have done Double Dragon. Just like the Warriors with more fighting and these two just having to go through consecutive, consecutive gangs to get back yeah, pretty the much. woman that was stolen by the main gang. Make it like a mystery, too, or like a like a bit of a noir. Like, make it a mm. bit more, like, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> better. Anything. Make this it better. Was, this was the first movie I barely watched because I, too, was, like, distracted by anything else in the world. And yeah. I had no desire to rewatch it because I was like, no. Even for the sake of this podcast, where I dedicate my full attention to films, that one didn't deserve it. Um, and the only performance I personally think held up was Robert Patrick. Um, and I'll give a slight nod to Mark Dacascos. I, th- I think I agree. Dacascos. I think I think Mark Dacascos. Dacascos. I thought Dacascos? it was Dacascos. I'm saying it phonetically, so. He was those two, much like the Mario movie, they kind of were ahead above the rest acting wise. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that Mark DeCascos can switch, like I was saying earlier, like switch from like, hey guys, I'm a teenager, let's go and eat pizza and skateboard, to like, now you must suffer the fate of the medallion as we fight to come together and fight or whatever. I liked that. Actually, I'm, I'm going to switch it up. Michael Berryman. Michael Berryman gets it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and who'd you give it to, Jason? Robert Patrick? I think Mark, Mark DeCascos, I think it's my All right, I'll give it to right. Robert Patrick. Because, like, I almost picked one line he said as my favorite scene, which is like, can't I just can have complete control over one American city? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is the rest of the world just fine? And they're just like, yeah, yeah, screw that place. Yeah, yeah, so I thought that was kind of funny, but anyway, the setting aesthetic—I I didn't like it. It's like terrible. a lot of these, it's so many '90s movies have this kind of look, and this wasn't one of them. It's like if a pepperoni pizza was a movie. Yeah, you, like there's scenes when it's like we're relying entirely on the sunlight right now to light this scene, <laughs> and they're outdoors, and like the scene where they're like speedboating across the toxic water and there's just like fire going off and shit like that i was like this is how is okay, fire supposed if, to burn it, one if this river is this <laughs> flammable how is it not caught fire like this before yeah. two what what is happening i know the boat explodes when it goes Pollution's through that no sign, joke, Murphy. but it looks like the sign explodes when the boat goes through the sign and I yes. laughed out I loud at that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of unnecessary it, propellant in the crashing of a street sign with a boat. This uh. movie's 
almost bad enough to be good again, but not quite. It's just bad. But if it was just a little bit worse, it would be like hilariously bad. Yeah, I think Mario bad enough. Mario writes that that line a little bit better than this one. This one is just like bad. I didn't like it as a kid, which was the target demographic, a 90s kid, a a 2024 adult. It's don't waste your time. Well, Murphy, I don't know how many morsels of this I can stomach. Well, you're lucky because I only got a few. Um, So Double Dragon from 1994, movie morsels. Uh, The boat chase scene was filmed on the Cuyahoga River in northeast Ohio. Cuyahoga in northeast ohio and climaxes with an explosion which used 700 gallons of gasoline combined with 200 gallons of alcohol that's reasonable they put that in the water yes despite warnings the night before on several news channels the explosion caused cleveland residents to panic leading to 210 phone calls to emergency services only in ohio buddy only in ohio <laughs> let's collude a river for this piece of shit forever coincidentally the cuyahoga river did i pronounce that right cuyahoga cuyahoga river where the boat chase scene was filmed on actually has caught fire multiple times in the past years due to pollution. The Kaya Hulk Hogan River. The Kaya Hulk Hogan River. Thank you. I can go with that. Kaya Hulkster River. Yeah. Brother. Oh, brother. On the first day of shooting, Mark Koskis, uh, while warming up, sprained his ankle, but told no one and wrapped it up himself in his trailer. Okay, Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, according to editor Danny Retz, the alley where the Lee brothers are about to face off with Bo Bobo was shot in downtown Los Angeles. It was used by junkies and other nefarious persons and had to be steam cleaned before shooting could be done, said Danny. Um, of all the the trademark signature of the double dragon known as the Ryubu Ranbu Kiaku, Dragon's Tail, Storm Wind Kick which is the familiar hurricane kick from the games has never been seen once in any scene of the film. Uh, <laughs> cinematography is by Gary B. Kibbe, edited by Florent Rents, music by Danny Ferguson and Tolkadas, uh, release date, November 4th, 1994, running time, 95 minutes, budget of $7.8 million and a box office of $4.2 million. Here's a movie morsel for you. Ooh, I love some. It's uh, completely headcanon, <laughs> but they mention Ghostbusters. You could, could use some. They mention Ghostbusters. Therefore, Ghostbusters is a movie in this universe. Okay. Double Dragon is a video game in this in universe. this universe. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very self-meta which, which, in that reference. Which they're literally on a quest about the Double Dragons, and they look at that cabinet and that they don't mention it. It's like, hey, isn't that weird? The Double Dragon game. Stop looking over there. Yeah, but uh, yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Boom, boom. Um, what can you say? How's the rewatchability in this one? No. <laughs> God, no. It was kind of painful the one time. Um, Unplug that game. 
Let me bring my thing up again. Game over. Game over. Insert man. coin to continue. You shall get no more of my coins. Double Dragon no. the movie. Let's save that. Um, but uh, and does it hold up? No. No. It's by far the worst film we've watched. You're welcome. It might be. It's not as bad as Southland Tales. No, Southland Tales is much better than this film. Even you can admit nope. that. Southland no, Tales is Robert Patrick a film. is all there's better scenes than of the interest happening of Southland in Southland Tales. Tales. In Double no Dragon, of Southland Tales there's not a single thing of remembrance in Double Dragon other than there was a, a backflip in a spinach. video arcade that is there cooler was... than anything in <laughs> Southland Tales. I disagree. Justin Timberlake dancing. Justin Timberlake in, on a on a, a in a an arcade gun? singing to the Killers and like, are you kidding me? Justin Timberlake dancing will never be entertainment to me, Murphy. Isn't never, The Rock like a hairstylist, or is that? You know what? Maybe shorty. I will pay thirty bucks and send you a Blu-ray copy of Southland Tales. You better not. I will. Look, I was trying to create Throw a it rich, away. I was trying to create a rich All tapestry right. of three movies that went together really well. So I made you watch Double Dragon, and I'm sorry. If we watched Mortal Kombat, we would just fawn over it the whole time. We because would. it's basically just a remake of an old kung fu movie. So it, yeah. right there, it's great. This thing, I don't even know what it is. I don't know who it's for. It's for kids not watching it. It's for kids to have on and in the Don't background. play Double Dragon. Like, yeah. <laughs> for kids that weren't allowed to play Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Um, movie, and that's a pretty bad movie. Let's move on to Theater 3, shall we? All right. So Theater 3, we have the Super Mario Brothers movie from 2023 starring Chris Pratt, Anya Taylor-Joy, Jack Black, Keegan-Michael Key, Charlie Day, Seth Rogen, and Charles Martinet. Directed by Aaron Horvath and Michael Jelinek. Opening thoughts on Super Mario Brothers, the movie. It was better the second time, and I saw it in theaters, and I think that this doesn't deserve the outrage the internet gave it. I don't know what they wanted. Did it, did it get outrage? People, I love this movie. <laughs> me too, man. People didn't like that it's such a kid's movie with like no real plot, but it's like, have you played a Mario? Like They put unnecessary plot into that 93 movie, but this is just like the same plot, just better because it... They actually go to a Mario world. Uh, it shows you the world, yeah. Like you, you get like the, the nods to everything. I mean, it's a lot of fan service, but it's enjoyable fan service. Like it's cool that you know, because one of Luigi's first games, other than Mario, was missing was Luigi's Mansion. You know, the haunted mansion. So he gets the haunted. He gets mansion a whole sequence of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's, yeah. We get Smash yeah, Brothers. Like we get Mario Kart. We get. We even get the eel thing from Mario sixty four. We get. Like the Bowser from the more recent games, I think the Bowser in Mario Wonder has a floating island, like he does in this one. Mm-hmm. It, it they show a map, they show a 3D map of the world, and then later in the dungeon, you see the Super Nintendo version of the map on the wall. Like you just, there's all these little Easter eggs, and I think you need to watch it with a discerning eye multiple times to get I all. Watched of it, it a couple of months ago, like when we first decided we were going to add it to the list. And Murphy's like, you're not waiting? And I was like, no, I'm watching it. And I watched it again because I... I loved it so much the first time. So I watched it again like a couple of days ago with my uh, toddler, and she loved it. She usually can't sit through an entire movie unless it's The Little Mermaid or Finding Nemo. But 
She but it's Mary. an illumination movie, so it's it's made for kids, and it's it's one of those like Toy Story kind of things where it's made she for kids. She can't sit through Toy Story though. She no. doesn't make it through Toy Story, but she's like Mario. But it's, it's you know. So for me, and since I'm the one that picked this film, I haven't watched this film. I didn't see this film when it came out in theaters. And I had to go to by fair, myself. I didn't have intentions of watching this film until it kind of was a necessity for this podcast because I couldn't really think of any other video game films that I hadn't already seen, uh, like Sonic. I enjoyed that film. Anyway, I wasn't going to watch this film because I am oversaturated with Pratt. I'm done with Chris Pratt being the leading role of any major IP that's been released since he's been Star-Lord and Guardians of the Galaxy. He's going to be Garfield in the next Garfield animated film. And I saw the trailer for that and was on board with it until it was Chris Pratt's voice that came out of Garfield's mouth and I was like, you ruined it. So when I heard that Chris Pratt was going to be Mario, I was like, why? You have Charles Martinet. You have Charles Martinet in the film. He's been Mario for years. There's no reason on earth why he couldn't be Mario in this film. And they didn't want that. Me, they wanted a more realistic voice. They didn't want. They wanted a, a more realistic Mario. voice, but Charles Martinet could do that. He could have toned it down and been him, and he could have portrayed the voice throughout the whole film. There's no reason why he shouldn't have been Mario throughout the film. Well, the whole um, point of this whole cast was let's throw as many big names yeah. as we can. And yeah, just, no, and I get that. I, I get the marketing <laughs> sells it. Nintendo had the money to do that. They they went with Pratt. They went with Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, who's also a voice I I don't Jack Black support. worked as Bowser. Jack Black worked as Bowser. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy worked as Peach. And yeah. those two kind of kept me in the film. Um, but yeah, I wasn't about Pratt in... The more I watched the film, the more I stopped caring that Pratt was Mario. And the more I was like, this is this movie's too good not to enjoy because of one idiot casting. Who um, would you rather have just just like he, he's a marquee name, that's why they got him, obviously, but who would you rather have? Is there anybody is there anybody off the top of your head that, that you think would be a better just to get people who don't want to see Chris Pratt anymore? Because I'm the same way, like I'm over it. I'm over him. I mean, Charles Martinet, he's Mario. Like, yeah, but like he's not a draw in the same way that like a big movie star is. Okay, if if you, um I don't know, some Italian guy. An some actual Italian, Italian person. Yeah. <laughs> Italian person. Um I can't honestly think of a name. Austin Butler doing his Elvis his horrible Elvis impression from the Elvis movie. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't know. Um, honestly, like for me, it's like I don't. I'm not one to get behind casting a plus stars in the in voice roles when there are perfectly good voice actors that could do that role. Tara um, Strong, Tara Strong you know, could have played Mario. She could have actually. She could have played Peach better than Annie Taylor Joy, in my opinion. That's that was it. Well, that was a <laughs> that I didn't like that much. I would have been down for like Michaela Murphy, who's done the voice of Toph being the voice of Peach or something, you know, um, whatever. I, I don't know. I, there's no, I can't think of anybody who, Oscar Isaac, Charles Martinet, 
put yeah, Oscar no, Isaac. Even Oscar Isaac. No, that's that's too much. Like somebody with some comedy chops. Like it should be a comedian, really. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Pratt was like fine. Like you, Murphy said, you kind of forget it's him after. It's a while. true. By the end of the film, I was like, okay, I don't care as much. He was. I actually thought problem is Seth Rogen always sounds like Seth Rogen. He even does yes. the last. Seth Rogen to be. He was by far. The, he was by far the worst. Why is he iteration? cast in everything? He's always awful in everything. I don't know. <laughs> that that show with uh, with Rose Byrne though, Platonic, was actually pretty pretty good. It's an interesting comedy on Apple TV that I enjoyed with my wife. Mm. Yeah, Charlie Day was perfect for Luigi. Charlie Day was for the, he, the perfect Like, that's what Luigi sounds like in my head to me now. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, like, I would move forward with that for the... That's headcanon for the rest of the life. And anyway, keegan Makatia's Toad was amazing. Absolutely. They Surprising. just pitched his voice up yeah. a tiny little bit. And, like, oh that's Toad. Oh, my God. You'll die! <laughs> oh, sorry. That was the wrong one. Let's uh let's 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 refresh our brains with a little trailer action right. here. I enjoyed the opening of this film, how it's sort of great. Like it's visually really like the visuals on this movie are phenomenal. The water effect. Pleasure to watch. Every effect, every lighting effect, every texture. So well. Behold, the king of the Koopas! I wish there was a bit more of that That is but a small taste of our power. That was a great line. Open the gates! Perfectly that is but a taste of our fury. Do you yield? Do you yield? <laughs> I do not. I finally found it. Now who's gonna stop me? Literally gives me goosebumps that score. What is this place? Do not touch that mushroom, you'll die! Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that one's perfectly fine. Come on, Mario! Mushroom Kingdom, here we come! You know, it's a bit of a long trailer. They basically start with the opening of the film and like work in a couple yeah. like burners at the end um, that get you hyped for it. Um, yeah, this. So to basically start, I guess you could say the start of this film, 
uh, it starts with Bowser attacking the Penguin Kingdom uh, for their superstar. They, he's sta- stealing the star because he wants to marry Princess Peach from the Toadstool Kingdom. If she doesn't peaches, accept his marriage, peaches, 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 peaches. he's going to steal the Toadstool Kingdom. Um, then we're we're introduced into the the real world, and we're gonna get into an early holdup scene for Davin because this was his favorite scene to hold up. I asked him several I times. Really I, like I asked him several times, "What's your favorite holdup scene?" He's like, "The whole movie. Just play the whole movie." And I'm like, "You can't do that. <laughs> you know we can't do that. That's not how this works." Scene. We'll Sorry. get taken off YouTube if we play the yeah. whole movie. Not if you play it backwards and small. Small <laughs> backwards the with the watermark and the occasional breaking upness. Yeah, you can get away with a lot if you do it weird. But see it in regular words, not backwards. I thought this was the obvious choice for the best part. And Luigi. This is my first spoiler about the movie, too. Thank you, Super Mario Bros. It seems like the only thing you haven't drained is my bank account. What does that Wow, you were great. I was great. Are you kidding me? You were great. I am so glad we spent our life savings on this commercial. That is not a commercial. That is cinema. Uh, what cinema. Is it, is it too much? Too much? It's a perfect. Okay, what? I'm they had the man in the movie. Yeah, they had him right there. It's Giuseppe, the jump man. That's jump man from Donkey Kong. Yeah. Jump man. Um... So yeah, we're in the Punch-Out Pizzeria. As you can see on the wall, there's all sorts of pictures from Punch-Out characters and stuff like that. And and you know what else I loved about Spike that scene, from construction. though? It's my favorite scene. Spike from uh, Wreckingham Construction. Wrecking, the, yeah. the fact that like they just make Mario and Luigi a couple of short, weird-looking dudes. Like Everyone else actually looks more human and normal than they do. <laughs> like They're just a couple of weird, short, little dudes, which is a funny way to explain how they're these kind of weird-looking little video game characters. But I have a question yeah. about the mushrooms, though. Like, he takes that mushroom over and over and over and over at one point. Like, that's got to be bad for you, right? You think? I mean, I don't know. I've taken <laughs> mushrooms over and over and over, and they stop working after the f- first time, though. You gotta, you gotta wait a week. Well, I mean, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you know, put put a little time between. Think about harder mushrooms. drugs, though. If you do them over and over like that, you build a tolerance. What happens to his actual body? Is it magic or is his body actually expanding? Sorry, I I spent a little. Perhaps I got hung up on that illusion. Um, so yeah, basically, yeah, we we get introduced to the Mario Brothers, the the plumbers of Brooklyn and Queens, and uh, they're waiting for their first job. They're getting razzed by Spike from the Wreckingham crew. They eventually do get their first job, which is a rich house, and there's a leaky faucet. Uh, and there's a dog named Francis that attempts to harass them. They do like a perfect job, and then it goes like super crazy. Um, they kind of ruin the job. They go back home. The Mario family are introduced through through their past eating, and they take off the white <laughs> gloves. And it's a little weird to see them with fleshy hands and stuff like that. They're like, "Who wears white gloves? It's a trademark thing. It's, it's a trademark to do." 
Yeah. Uh, you get introduced to the family and, and stuff like that. The mother's proud. The father's like suspicious. The uncle and all that stuff razzes them. Um, what late night Mario's playing. What game is that, Jason? Do you know what game? Kid Icarus. Playing? Kid Icarus, yes. Also, the Kid the, Icarus, yeah. the dad and like the uncle. One I of had the it uncles, for Game Boy. That's a classic. The dad and one of the uncles are... You can be seen in uh, Zelda 64 in Lon Lon Ranch. They're in a picture, and they use mm. that design to be his like dad and his uncle, huh. which I That's thought was interesting. That's why they looked familiar. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. There's like a billion visual sub-references in this film, which is like strongly won me over as I'm watching it. We also which glossed is... over the reference to Mario in Double Dragon. There's those two guys that come up on the screen, remember? And they look like off-color mario and luigi and they kind of talk like them and they it's like jack city or something all these movies are come are, are tied together slowly but surely that's how it works in this podcast called hold up movie podcast believe it or not when we watch these three movies there's always some thin little tie-in between each film whether it's an actor or story or whatever but yeah um it usually finds a way so yeah anyway um Mario's playing Kid Icarus, and then he gets, you know, he he changes the channel to the news, and there's a break breaking that there's a flood going on in downtown Brooklyn, and it sounds familiar. It. Yep, sounds somebody familiar. else. You gotta, old... somebody has to save Brooklyn. Yeah, you gotta go to some Brooklyn. <laughs> um, there's some there's some uh, Beastie Boys played. Um, no sleep till Brooklyn. Yeah, um, and yeah, so basically. Uh, they, they they go to underground because they know they have to hit a shutoff valve while trying to attempt it. They get lost, slip, smash through a rock wall, uh, and then they end up in the undertunnel system. And they walk a little too close to the iconic green pipe that pulls them into the warp tunnels of the multiverse of War- uh, Mario. I almost said Wario. That'll be that'll be the sequel, I'm sure. Um, but anyway, awesome. I would love a Wario. Movie. Yeah, that'd be great. Right, Mario. That's the natural progression. It's, it's it's it has to happen. But yeah, Mario and Luigi end up being sucked through the warp tunnels, and uh, a little chaos happens, and they get separated. Luigi heads off to the dark world. Mario heads off to the Toadstool world, and then you get your A and B plots where Luigi mm-hmm. has the haunted mansion, and Mario discovers what chaos he's landed into a man that hates mushrooms shown to his family that he's not a fan of mushrooms in his past and would share it with his brother instead but now he's landed into a world of mushrooms and is used to chode i think him hating mushrooms is a reference to popeye and i the reason i say that is because originally nintendo wanted popeye to be their mascot but whatever company owns popeye was like nah video games aren't it man that's no way so they went with this plumber, this character that they had um, from the Mario Bros. game. I think even before that, I think Don- literally Donkey Kong came Donkey before Kong. any of that. Yeah, and they yeah. took Jumpman Jump and used that instead. And Popeye, one of his main character things is he hates spinach, which charges him up, makes him bigger. I think I, that I, was I, a I, I, little one of, an Easter egg or a nod. Might not have been. I might have been overthinking it again. No, you weren't, uh, because Donkey no, Kong yeah. was supposed to be a Popeye game. It was supposed to be Bluto at the top, and and Popeye doing running the course trying to get to Bluto. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny you guys mentioned Donkey Kong because uh, since Mario 
mm-hmm. has met the toadstool and the princess peach and he's introduced to the power-ups and the the, the running course uh princess peach devises the plan that she needs to go to the kong family in kong land to acquire their army for uh toad the toad army and the, the kong army uh, are the only way to beat bowser's army naturally so mario agrees to uh uh, trial by combat with ritual uh, combat <laughs> ritual combat with uh cranky kong's son donkey kong cranky kong played by the legendary fred Armis- fred arminis and great casting um murphy can't do names it's a running gag on this show <laughs> at this point yes um so uh seth rogan plays donkey kong um that's when we're interested uh, is there literally this... nothing good with the last name rogan I mean, I mean, I like Seth Rogen. <laughs> I think it's also making a, a jab at Joe Rogan there, but either way, no, I don't enjoy Seth Rogen either. I don't like Joe Rogan, um, no. but Seth Rogen, for the most He's... part, like I like the raunchy, like the Judd Apatow era. I liked This Is the End. I liked that show that I mentioned. Sausage Party sucked. Like that. Superbad was funny. Superbad is. Bad. A comedy classic. Yeah. Now, he's not really a main character in that, but he did. No, he's not. They were cops. He did co-write it. Right. He wrote it. We look like cops. Well, anyway, back to the Donkey Kong of Seth Rogen. This is where we get to Jason's favorite scene. He said he, his favorite scene was Smash Kong, I believe. So uh, we're going to play that real quick. Okay. Guess you're not getting my army. Is this what you came for? The gladiator scene. <laughs> all the references to all the Donkey Kong characters too during yeah. this part. But no Candy Kong. Where was Candy Kong during all this? You just Where wanted was Funky to see... Kong. <laughs> you just I wanted like to this. see her uh her her shapely figure. No, I feel I feel like if you're gonna go through the trouble of referencing Diddy Kong, Cranky Kong, uh, the uh, like, there was they were missing Candy Kong and they were missing uh, uh, Funky Kong. Those are the only two that they didn't have in that scene. Unless Funky Diddy and Kong Dixie are like... standing next to each other, next to somebody from sixty Donkey Kong sixty four. I don't think the Baby Kong is shown either from Donkey Kong Country three. You know, that's an opportunity. Dixie's quest. Yep. Dixie's Conquest. Or is it Diddy's oh. Conquest? The reason I chose this scene, though, is because I feel like... So, I feel like the Mario Kart bit is the is one of the more obvious choices and probably what I would have gone mm-hmm. with. But I'm such a fan of Smash Brothers and fight choreography, and I thought they did a really good job with this fight. It's funny. It's kind of long... I thought watching it this time, but it's got a lot of little references, even in the like fighting element. And it's funny too, because the, um, at the beginning when peach takes him through the, uh, the obstacle course in my head, I was like, that scene goes on for way too long, but I enjoyed it this time. Cause I had forgotten that, uh, I need a hero is playing through the whole thing, which is a fantastic mm-hmm. song. So I did actually feel like this scene went on a little bit too long. Cause there's no real music playing. There's just like, score it would have been cool if they used like i don't think this is actually a reference to smash brothers as much as it is just a fight between the two and a very smash brothers looking level 
I think I think it serves that purpose, but I I, I think it's my favorite because it's sort of the dark horse um scene that i didn't expect mm. coming i knew carts were going to be in it i knew there was going to be some sort of mario level like especially at the beginning when you see them go 2d through the town could you imagine a mario game that looks like that that would be so fun wouldn't that be so cool like a 2d mario but it's got the that 3d element that like him mm. jumping through and you move around like him like in that sequence like there's a lot of really good stuff in this and i thought that I thought I wasn't expecting the Smash Brothers bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would have been. I might be a little hard on Seth Rogen, but it's more like what Murphy said about Chris Pratt. I'm just like, it's not a voice I needed to hear again. I get that. I I was watching it going. I love Donkey Kong Country. It was life changing for me when I was that Christmas when Donkey Kong Country came out. That was a life changing experience. I put in Donkey Kong Country into my Super Nintendo and I was just like, video games can do anything. Yeah, but I like, Super Metroid get... and Zelda the year that I got my Super Nintendo, so I'm with you. Just, just to hit the nail on the, the head again, like they had they had Charles Martinet in this film that he could have been Mario. They also had John DiMaggio in this film, and he could have been Donkey Kong. He could have been he Donkey been Kong. Great. Just do Bender. <laughs> yeah, basically, right? So no, I don't Bender. want him to sound like Bender either. Well, maybe, maybe not so much like Bender, but John DiMaggio would have done a really good Donkey Kong regardless, I think. And he's got enough of a name. I think that would appease a lot of people. You know, you know, he's he's famous enough. Make him sound like um, Waka from Final Fantasy X. Right. Um, also John DiMaggio it's just i don't know there's missteps in the voice casting but aside from those little missteps the well thought out world building of this movie um won me over and we had this like b plot with charlie day's luigi where he ends up in bowser's world and you had this fairy luigi's mansion look up until he gets caught and then he's stuck in a cage hanging over lava for a good two thirds of the movie, but you get the, the really depressed Luma. <laughs> yeah, the Luma that is just, or the Luma that just has the best lines. Yeah, he. I Luma love the Mario Galaxy movies too, so I was happy just to see a Luma. I was like, yeah, Mario Galaxy. Mario Galaxy games, if you haven't played them, are fantastic. They're very good. They're very good. I consider them one game. The sequel is just an expansion pack. That's the same length. <laughs> mm. Um. So yeah, basically uh, at this point, uh, Mario defeats Donkey Kong and he gets the army. They all proceed to get carts and hit the Rainbow Road. You get the uh, a lot of it's a pretty wild, crazy scene. A lot of action happening. You get all the Mario Kart nods, the Rainbow Road jump, the blue shells, the turtle shells, er- everything in between. Um, it made me want that Rainbow new... Road jump is no joke. It's true. 64. It made me want a new Mario Kart where the gimmick is that that to keep people from like like lagging too far behind, you can choose to have that big tank in the, yeah in the level with you. I think that would be a cool mode. That would be a cool mode. Yeah, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, you have the whole Mario Kart scene. Eventually, Mario and Diddy or Donkey Kong get lost in the water. And they're eaten by the big, like, red eel from the, like, old 64 games. They end up inside the body, get Donkey Kong's cart, you know, Pinocchio their way out of the red eel. While uh, Learn the power of friendship. 
Yeah, while well, Peach gets captured by Bowser, which, you know, you, you find out he he's madly in love with Peaches as he sings a song about her ass. Peach, 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 Peach. <laughs> it's a very catchy song, but, I mean, at the end of the day, that's a song about Peach's ass. Peaches, Peaches. I mean, it's an interesting on. way to... Uh... Dialed down yeah. into that it's a kids one. Kids movie, Murphy. And a <laughs> yeah, kids and it's podcast. a song about her ass. Um, it's about her peaches. Um, Bowser's in love, and he wants that love. He wants some peaches. Um, anyway, so Mario and Donkey Kong, they end up teaming. They have their. They also have another sort of uh, old boy esque side panel Mario classic, where it's Donkey Kong, and they're like tag teaming, going through all the moves and destruction and all that chaos. Um, and That's they proceed cool, to pretty much interrupt the wedding of Bowser and Peach. Bowser sends off the big Billy Bullet, uh, that chases Mario Bullet down, Bill. who who gets the the raccoon suit or whatever the the tunicky suit, and he flies around. He gets Bullet Bill to chase him into a, the warp tunnel, um, and the bullet blows into the like the warp tunnel exploding that into like the galaxy tunnels and causing like a huge vacuum leading back to the streets of Brooklyn. That sounds Mario... familiar. Yeah. Mario <laughs> ends up back. Cause it's basically the end of like the Mario 93 film where they end up on the streets of Brooklyn in front of everybody before they them. start and end the same. These two yeah. Mario yeah. movies. Yeah. Even with peach, like the beginning in the Mario 93 peach is from the dinosaur world ends up in the human world grows up in this one, she's from the human world, ends up in the mm. Toadstool world, and becomes a princess. It's almost like they did it on purpose. They're like, no, we can make that movie a good movie. I wouldn't it. be surprised if, because it's probably a bunch of people our age who wrote it, who grew up with that movie and wanted to right wrongs. Maybe. So many wrongs, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, many yeah. wrongs, indeed. <laughs> including us covering it again on this podcast. Uh, anyway, letting basically... that horse die. Mario and Bowser get into a scrap, and Bowser puts the boots to him, tossing him back into the Punch-Out pizzeria, basically knocking the, the photos off the wall. And this was my scene that held up. This was the scene for me that like brought kind of a tear to my eye and really made this movie stand out as a great film for me and made me look past what I thought was bad voice casting. This movie is a great Super Mario film, and it was all because of this scene here. Just that moment. He has that jack to buy for the rest of the movie, too. <laughs> Let's go. Kicks Let's the door go. open. You see Bowser slapping Donkey Kong around. Yeah, Peach and Donkey Kong are doing their best. He, you know, brings the fight. Luigi shows up just as he's about to be cooked, and he puts like a uh, you know sewer tunnel thing cover over him protects them they both reach for this power star and they beat the crap out of bowser just slapping him around for the whole city to see his mom and their mom and their pop see it and they're like super shocked um they even do like when they run fast in star power in the games they kind of put their hands he puts his hands out like that 
Yeah. 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 They just like knock the whole like Koopa army back and stuff like that. There was something um, about this scene that really affected me. And I'm, I'm surprised the Marvel movies didn't do this effect. The anime thing where like, if you're invincible and you get punched, the ground cracks behind you. Mm. I would have liked to see something like that, like in a live action, like superhero movie. I'm surprised it's never been done. Cause it's a very like anime Thing it's such an do. impactful thing, yeah. Because yeah. Mario and Luigi are just standing there, and Bowser goes to kick them, and they're just like, "The best you've got." And like the street behind them is all just, whacked out. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's such a uh, it's such a good representation of a movable object meets powerful force, but not in a manner you suspect. Um, yeah. So yeah, the the Mario Brothers win the day. They beat Bowser. They send him back to you know, or no, they basically. Princess Peach throws a, a blue toad still in the mouth, shrinks him down, and they toss him into a jar. And Mario's like, I told you I'd get you the turtle, I promised. Because he promised mm-hmm. to buy her a turtle in Brooklyn at some point when they were Mario karting. Um, and then, yeah, basically saves the day. And the Mario brothers get all the fame and glory. And uh, you see the sort of this skit where it seems like the Mario brothers you know, are waking up and they're ready to start their day repairing plumbing in Brooklyn but they open the door and it's actually the world of the Toadstool world and they go hopping through the platform. They're going to do side quests and grind yeah. coins and level up. Yeah, they're going to they're going to find, <laughs> find Yoshi and find themselves a Yoshi. There's a lot of the brief Yoshi scene and all that stuff. Yeah, that's how the Mario movie post-creds. ends and then you get that sort of post-credit scene where Bowser's singing Peach's ass song and then he, he sees in the cage, the bird cage. It's the end of the movie. The score for the ending credits that plays all the different Mario songs, I actually got a little little misty because music, video game music, when it's like orchestral affects me like that, I've got a bunch of Final Fantasy on vinyl. And every time I put it on, I'm just like... Um, I so many NES and Super Nintendo themes that get me right in the... Get me yeah. right. There were a lot of musical cues throughout this film. Like a shocking plucked, amount, right? Plucked on the heartstrings of of my youth. I'm just like, wow, that was really even Double Dragon. Was that in the movie? No, it should have been. It should have been the only song in the movie. Twice as good. One song. Yeah. This is your song. This has been your version of acapella eight-bit songs <laughs> on hold up. Yeah, man. Oh, I could do that all night. The best line anyways, in the whole movie. The best line yeah. in the whole movie is uh, when Bowser is freaking out, being like, "I'm gonna marry her, and she's gonna be my wife." And then you just hear, "But doesn't she hate you?" <laughs> that is the funniest thing to me. The the theater lost their mind when I saw it in theaters. I don't know what it is about that. It's kind of like the open the gate thing for Monty Python, but like, I don't know. It, it, th- it kind of reminded me of the scenes when he's like, he's playing on his piano or whatever. And then the little magical Koopa shows up and it reminded me of like space balls. And when he's like playing with the dolls, he's like, what did I do? I told you to knock. <laughs> <laughs> Which performance would you hold up? I know Murphy. Murphy says Chris Pratt. What about you, Jason? Oh, you lying whore! Whore, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Oh my! I think um, I think I'm gonna you go. Kiss Luigi. your kitty with that mouth. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go Charlie Day. Uh, I just rewatch. It's always sunny. 
recently, like all the way through to include oh the God, final that's season. Like 4,000 seasons. It's, it's worth a lot. every minute. It doesn't get bad. There's bad episodes, but the show doesn't really ever and take the that leap. episodes you can laugh at. The seasons just get smaller, so they have less room to put filler. Um, but Charlie Day is one of my favorite actors. I think that he's underutilized in Hollywood. His, they put him in romantic comedies now or try to, and then he has a, a movie he made himself that I hear is kind of bad. So I haven't gone and checked it out. But, you know, when they were using him in movies for that minute, when he was in like Pacific Rim and stuff, Man, just Charlie Day is great. I like Charlie Day. Yeah, I I I, uh, I echo with that. Charlie Day is the best part of this film. He really sells it for Luigi for me. Um, but in the effort of fairness, I'm also going to give it to Anya Taylor Joy as Peach. Uh, she sold a very real, entertaining, believable Peach, and I liked her character, and I like Anya Taylor Joy in general. Um, so I was into it. Yeah. So that's um, a performance that holds up for me. Give it to Charles Martinet. Okay. <laughs> such a comment, I agree. But no, I, but special mention to Charles Martinet, the, the, the man, the myth, the legend. But no, I'm going to give it to uh, Keegan Michael Key. It was a toss up between yeah. him and Jack Black for me, actually. Oh, yeah. Jack Keegan Black is a good honorable every, mention, too. Every line from Toad is pretty hilarious and delivered with such like exuberance. It's, kind of it's true. I, I also would give it to Jack Black and Keegan Michael Key. Jack Black, there's moments when Jack Black is, they use actual like Bowser voice lines from the game when he like acts like super mad and gruffed and like breathes through his nose. You can like hear these. And those moments sold me a lot on him being Bowser. And he's not always just doing Jack Black, which mm. Jack Black tends to do sometimes. He's another one of those like, I could see people getting sick of him being in every movie, which was an era of his career. But he he cares about Bowser and Nintendo and Mario so much that he didn't just do a Jack Black through the whole thing. Yeah, like he, he gave it. He gave Seth it the Kung Fu exactly. Panda treatment. <laughs> that I you agree know, with. Like, even in Kung Fu Panda, he doesn't sound like just Jack Black. He really gives it his all for that character as the panda. You know. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. He does a great Bowser. Good, good casting on this. There's literally there's only two failing castings in this entire choice of actors, in my opinion, and that's you know Pratt and Seth Rogen, and that that just feels like headline grabbers more than anything. Mm-hmm. Setting aesthetic, it's gorgeous. I don't even think we need to yeah, say anything more than that. Really, yeah. it just looks beautiful. It, it looks so good. I want to get a delight to delight based, on the eyes based in this universe because it could be easily done. Like. There's a rumor that the next big, like the main title, Mario, is going to be open world. And I wouldn't be surprised if they included a lot of elements from this because they included elements from right up to Mario Odyssey. That thing that like is a is like a ball with the legs that's kind of going like this. That thing is from Mario Odyssey. And I was surprised to see that because I thought it was only going to be like up to a certain point, you know, like up to like Mm -hmm. Galaxy. So beautiful movie. beautiful movie there, i was surprised of... to see the luma <laughs> yeah exactly right uh, and it being like, like a it's so depressing <laughs> it's so depressing but hilarious more meat for the meat grinder <laughs> this, this film is just literally from the minute detail to the most apparent 
it's just littered with references of the Mario universe in very beautiful uh, and well artistically made ways that I couldn't help but enjoy. And a style that's not going to like, you know, CGI looks bad after 10 years. Mm -hmm. It's stylized in a way that it looks like a Mario game cutscene anyway. So it's not going to like look bad in 10 years, in my opinion. Yeah, Yeah, it's a great. Uh, Movie morsels for Super Mario Brothers from 2023. A uh, game cabinet in the uh, Puncho Pizzeria early in the film is called Jumpman, and the character of Mario was originally known as Jumpman when he first appeared in the video game Donkey Kong in 1981. The character's name was changed to Mario as a tribute to the landlord of Nintendo of America's warehouses, Mario Segali. Or Segale. S-E-G-A-L-E. Segale. I've seen a couple of documentaries on that, and apparently that's just a rumor. No one's really mm-hmm. confirmed. Okay. Mario, uh, sorry, Nintendo is a hundred years old though, so it's po- fairly. Yeah, they made cards possible. Yeah, they were it's trading possible. card game company in the turn of the century. Uh, a French restaurant called uh, Chaise du Canard can be seen in the background of some shots in Brooklyn. Chaise du Canard translates as Duck Hunt. Uh, another early Nintendo game, which was often packaged with Super Mario Brothers in 1985. The That's restaurant logo is a duck from the Duck Hunt 1984 game. Spike, the man in blue who mocks Mario and Luigi at Punch-Out Pizzeria, is actually Foreman Spike. He was introduced in Wrecking Crew 1984, where Mario and Luigi work using hammers as demolition workers. Spike is an NPC non-playable character who appears in the game's Mario and Luigi's rival demolition walls preventing mario and luigi from winning points for destroying them uh that in addition can push them off the platforms if he hits them i have a question mm. just real quick bowser is in wreck it ralph that character the villain in that that little guy is based off the same game wrecking crew mm-hmm. is wreck it ralph canon to the mario this universe I would have to say yes if that's the connections. I mean, if Bowser's, if Bowser's in it, he could be a, a, a sub worker of Spike from the Wrecking Crew. Well, so, who knows? We'll yeah. see. We're going to get a Nintendo Cinematic Universe. Absolutely, we are. And I'm here yeah. for it. Uh, in the Punch Out Pizzeria, there are a bunch of pictures on the walls from characters in the Punch Out video games, such as Little Mac, Bear Hugger, Glass Joe, and Doc Lewis. A Pikmin glass ornament can be seen in the lounge of the customers that Mario and Luigi attempt to repair the sink. Uh, Charles Martinet dubbed Mario's dad and Giuseppe in English. Uh, Catalan, European French, German, Italian, and European Spanish. The man can speak all the languages. He literally should have played Mario. And then they could have had his voice for all of these languages in the rest of the film. Um, But whatever, that's okay. I'm not sour about that. During the end fight scene, uh, Mario and Luigi grab Bowser by the tail, spin him around, and throw him. This is how Mario defeats Bowser all three times in Super Mario. So long to Bowser. So long to Bowser. Mario is never seen in the Fire Flower or Ice Flower power-ups. The only power-ups he used were the red mushrooms to make him tall and strong, and the blue mushroom to make him shrink, the cat suit and the tanuki suit, and the superstar. Luigi also never uses a power up except for the superstar uh so that'll happen it's all about the tanuki suit i was pretty happy to see the tanuki suit because mario 3 is my game mario 3 and yeah 
Yeah. Edited by Eric Osman, music by Brian Taylor, uh, release date uh, of April 5th, 2023. Runtime, 92 minutes, a budget of $100 million. But how much did it make? It was all cast. It was all the cast. Yeah. How much did it make, Chris? But the box office of $1.36 billion. Is that uh, worldwide or is that domestic also? uh it must be worldwide right that is worldwide box office yeah i think that it made a i think that it made a good uh return on investment even domestically like i think this movie is wasn't just like we're making a sequel this is like cinematic universe baby where's zelda yeah. at? where's metroid at where's kid icarus at? honestly if, if star, they fox, presented a zelda star, star fox would be incredible it's star right fox and zelda films in these artistic styles yes. i'm for it yeah. I'm oh, yeah. so for it. Well, each one can have its own artistic style, and probably should. You can cast but... Tom Holland as Link. I'm down. <laughs> uh, that's probably going to be that's a realistic that's or Star Fox for that matter. <laughs> they made All him right, Nathan well, Drake for some reason. <laughs> rewatchability. Yes, I watched it twice yes. in a couple months, and I might go watch it again right now. I'm going to put it on at some point to, again to be fair i've only watched it this morning for the first time in my entire life and i intend to watch it several times and i probably will buy myself a blu-ray copy of it because it's that damn good of a movie and there's no reason not to watch this film even because chris pratt's mario and does it hold up it does it does indeed i mean it's from last year so that well, remains to be that's seen. Not the point. <laughs> does gravity does it, does hold it, up the sun? It's just the yes. question we ask. Does gravity hold up the sun? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so much. No. Okay, this isn't a science podcast, but that's the craziest question I've ever been asked. Yes, this movie holds up. <laughs> <laughs> Devin's cooking right now. <laughs> No, I'm bringing up our chart. <laughs> oh my god! All right. Yes, this, this movie does ready. hold up. It's really surprisingly amazing how well this right, film well, holds up. Our video game rankings. I think we're all going to have the same ranking. So, what's yours, Murphy? I mean, Super Mario Brothers, uh, 2023, 93, and then Double Dragon. I think we all agree. I think no, Double no, Dragon no. is the greatest film ever created, and the other two movies <laughs> pale in comparison. <laughs> yeah, obviously, like it doesn't even. Oh man, it so doesn't. We've got, a, even... we've got two C movies as video game movies were known as the worst movies for a very long time, and like there was like bad movie, bad movie, bad movie, Mortal Kombat one, bad movie, bad movie, bad movie, bad movie, bad movie, this. As far as our crossovers, I fully agree with hackers being dog shit, and I agree with Outland and the Fog being just kind, and Sphere being just kind of. We did UHF though. That's a little harsh. I think UHF. Dude, he would not relent. I I know. I watched it. I saw. It's awful. I I watched your show from time to time. We appreciate you for that. I it's good. I was watching. I was watching you guys just argue tooth and nail over uh, everything everywhere. All at once, and uh... I like everything everywhere all at once, but I don't think it's this like glorious thing sent down from heaven, like like some people do. 
I'm it's somewhere like a in the middle. Pretty good movie. It's I like think it's pretty good up movie. on the wiener. Hands. I think Parasite is a perfect movie. Haven't seen it yet. Do intend to watch it. Parasite is a movie you need to see, and it's amazing. Well, we gotta get out of here, fellas. It's true. We did the <laughs> thing. We're becoming parasites ourselves. We did the thing. All right. Well, my my final take is video game movies have aged well in the sense that they've gotten a lot better than they used to be. Video games, on the other hand, I would say the reverse. So go back and play some 8-bits. Go play some 16-bit Marios and have yourself a damn good time. Even play some Double Dragon because those games are way better than this movie. So that's my final take. I mean, he's not wrong that those games are better than this movie. There are better games, though. I mean, if you play video games, you know. So we won't even hash that out. If you want to spend your whole life playing video games, if you just want to have a good time for a half an hour, go back and play some real video games. That's a good point. Do I get a final take? Yeah, exactly. Do I get to do one? By all means, Jason, let us know your final take and let us know where we can find you. Sounds good. I think just just quickly as a final take, I there's better '90s video game movies, and I think that it's going to be hard to top the Mario movie on a lot of different fronts. Like, it's a great movie, right? It's a great sort of superhero kind of a movie. It's a great action movie. And it's got, like, racing, fight choreography. It's got goofy humor. It's for the kids. It's for the adults who grew up with Mario. Like, there's nothing else video game-wise like that. You can go worse than Mario and and Double Dragon if you watch a Yui Ball piece of crap. <laughs> like, House of the Dead or whatever. Where they're just tax write-off movies that are the same as, like, The Room. That said, I think if you want to go back and watch a 90s uh, adaptation of a video game, you can't go wrong with Mortal Kombat. Street Fighter is fine. And then if you want good adaptations... fine. It's pretty good. Like, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's goofy, but it's got, like, Raul Julia in it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Raul Julia those... is great in it. Like, his... For me, it was Tuesday line is, like, an epic an epic line. That line is too good for that movie. Yeah. But, for you, yeah. the day M. Bison walked into your city was yeah. the change the rest of your life. For me, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> but I guess in summation, out of the th- these three movies, like I was trying to create sort of a, you gave me the Mary Brothers movie, the new one, and I wanted to create sort of a, a throughway between the three. And I think, I think there was a lot of crossover, a lot of, you know. So I think I did my, my job. And uh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. You can find, uh, hey, did you see this one? Hey, did you see this one? Pretty much everywhere. We just, I just finished uploading everything to YouTube. Uh, it's it's in audio form on Spotify, Apple, and 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 YouTube itself. Um, we've got we're started doing shorts and TikToks and all that sort of stuff. So we have a big year coming. And like I said, you can if you literally just search "Hey, did you see this one on Google?" We've made it. We we've we're so we're different enough that we've we've popped to the top. So check us out. We go live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we usually talk about the movie for a couple hours, and uh, it goes up uh, on Friday on YouTube. It's a great series of podcasts. I enjoy listening to it and tuning in. When I get the chance, it uh, helps burn my work day. We um, get better with every episode, too. Like I treat every episode like it's episode one. Mm-hmm. So every time we add something new, we've added stings and music and 
segments and all this sort of stuff. You should go back and watch episode one and then episode one nineteen and see how how much different it it's, is. It's night and day. Yeah, I do enjoy the audio sound bites you manage to work into each episode. Um, and Steve's a good co-host too. Steve's a great co-host. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we look forward to having him on a future episode of Hold Up here at the Hold Up Movie Podcast, which, if you did not know is a part of the united federation of podcasts uh which is a little conglomeration of podcasts where we talk about things like uh star trek over at live long and podcast where you get star trek reviews and stuff uh we also have uh, deeper dives over at locutors of trek which is part of live long and podcast we're having reviews of uh no sorry debates and interviews and first contacts you got one coming up there tomorrow with, uh, with General Martok himself, J.G. Chancellor Martok. Chancellor Martok. Oh, wow. I missed that uh, upgrade. I haven't gotten that far in the story. Um, <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler alert for me. Promotion. But yeah, J.G. Hertzler is coming in for a first contact with Davin on Live Long and Podcast. Uh, locutors of Trek, which do not miss, do not miss that. It's going to be a good time. Oh, yeah. Davin also hosts uh, X Rated, the X Men animated review show with co hosts oh, uh, Andre. Do I not have a logo up? Hold on. You just keep talking. Andre hosts Graphic Histories, where he has sort of one on one interviews with artists from all sorts of life, from comic books to really all sorts of life just great one-on-one interviews check them out um we also have the super Mater brothers podcast right, there we go new logo new logo x-men <laughs> interview show for your classic 93s x-men there's gonna be uh there's gonna be a whole sort of kickoff with that when the, the new 97 continuation series kicks off uh super Mater brothers podcast they talk about reality shows like big brother and survivor and they also do the mater mary mater marvel society where they talk about Marvel stuff like What If and Echo that's coming up soon, Echo's right? Coming Hopefully, up this weekend, yeah. Echo's yeah, fantastic show. so far. Echo was a fun show. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, we got Eamon on track. If you like listening to things like music, Eamon talks about music with his guests uh, per episode. They pick an album and they break it down. Jason, if you ever want to talk about an album with Eamon, we might work that out for you. I'd love to. Um, the music Trivial person. Debates, which Jason was a guest and a host of, of previous episodes. We had one recently, uh, Transformers Trivial Debate, that uh, Jody Simpson hosted. Uh, we're going to have a Disney one coming up. We're just working out the final details. Hellbound, a horror movie podcast with Michael Chan and Alex Blackburn. They talk all things horror. That should be coming back real soon, like. And, uh, yeah, that pretty much catches you up on all things United Federation of Podcasts. We're a large conglomeration of pointless information that you love to listen to. What are podcasts, and really? Really? <laughs> what is like this? You, you, you're cooking a meal. You're having a time. You're listening to this couple idiots uh, share Un- their thoughts. And you're going to give us a like, it isn't always pointless information. So No, no. You it's know, very... We're the highbrow channel depth. on there. It's the highbrow. <laughs> so highbrow, you need a Hennessy to, to watch their You need episodes. to read the yeah. books to get what's going That's on. That's why we started yeah. off with get yourself a Romulan ale or your synth selection of choice. Because you might need it. <laughs> um so yeah i think uh, i think that wraps it up here for hold up movie podcast it's game over and good night game over man game Game over. over
Until next time, we'll see you guys in three weeks for a music episode with Jamil Robinson. Thanks.